Welcome to Emerge Dynamics. Emerge Dynamics. The podcast for those who manage and invest in middle market private companies across the globe. globe. We're telling the stories of the unsung champions who take enormous risks every day to weave the fabric of our societies. Those who collectively, from the multi-trillion dollar largest market on the planet, we're diving into the dynamics of what makes some of them emerge from their peers and create incredible returns and impact on their communities. This is Emerge Dynamics. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a, another episode of the Emerge Dynamics podcast. I am David Cusimano here with Eric Wingerger. Hey, David. And folks, we're going to do something a little different today. We're going to go back to doing a current events episode. We've been in a series on turnaround management. This episode that we're recording now probably will be released, Eric, just coincidentally, either on or right around the 4th right. of July. 4th of July. And we haven't done a current events episode in a while, and there's so much happening and not happening out there. We thought this would be a good time to pause that series on turnaround management. Don't worry, we'll get back to it. Plenty of good content to come. And we're going to talk a little bit about a current event right now. Yes. Housing affordability. That's right. There's so much to say there, Eric, but let's link it. Why in the world are we on the Emerge Dynamics podcast talking (laughs) about housing affordability? I think it's very clear that housing, the housing market, the movements in that have reverberating impacts across the whole economy. Right. Because it's such an integral part of the American life to own your own home and to have a nice, comfortable home. And even today, probably even more so, there's a lot of other intangibles placed on that. Because it's such a large component of a family budget, then when the affordability of that gets out of whack one way or the other, that's either a significant increase in the ability of consumers to spend or it's a significant decline in the ability of consumers to spend on other things. And so that's why it's so important because it has such reverberations in the economy. There are a lot of industries that would not apply to a lot of business owners. I don't know, I'm gonna just make up. If there's a big shakeup in the toy industry, most business owners in the country, not so relevant to them, right? right? A lot of them, yes, but in home ownership, this affects almost all of us, either from an industry standpoint, because something we do touches something in the home industry, either by building or remodel or something like that, or it touches all of us personally. Yeah. And so therefore it can really have incredibly pervasive effects on the whole macro economy. So if you run a business in any industry, what's going on in the housing market will affect you in some way. So we need to keep our eyes on this. And Eric, it is so confusing right now what is going on. I'll read a few headlines in just a second. I mean, we heard a few months ago that the sky was falling, the housing market was collapsing, the everything bubble was happening. (laughs) We haven't heard that much noise in the last couple of months. Folks, this is airing just early July 2023, so the world could be different if you're listening later. But I've even seen headlines like saying the housing crash is canceled, (laughs) right? And we see that even recently in the last couple of months, there's instances where home prices have not gone down but gone up a little bit. So we had some headlines, home prices dropping by the most in 10 years. I think we quoted some of those on this podcast. And then we see headlines saying, actually, no, home prices went up a little bit. So it's very confusing for the average person. It's very confusing for us. 
Let's make sense of it all. Sure. And I think to put in context, we're kind of at a point in time right now where we are at a point in time. But let's look back just two years ago and where we were. I have a daughter who's in this very circumstance right now that they're yeah. facing. It's that two, two and a half years ago, pre-COVID, prices were kind of going up, but they were pretty stable. And then all of a sudden COVID hit and the prices for new construction just went through the roof. I mean, right. lumber went tripled within a very short period of time and that went up. But we still had during that time frame still a very low interest rate environment. And then what seems to have happened is that some of the prices have maybe come back to uh, reality or normal somewhat. But I'm questioning some of the contractors these days. They're continuing to hedge their bets, so to speak, too much. But in any event, while prices have come down on some of the costs, I don't see that there's been a huge decline in the overall cost of construction right, right now on a per square foot basis. So you had still a pretty significant increase in the pricing of new construction over the last two, two and a half years. In the last year, we've now also had a very, very low interest rate environment come up very quickly. So from an average of three and a half, four percent on a mortgage, it's now seven plus. It's come up quicker than it ever has. Ever has. So just as a quick example, because I know my daughter was in a situation. When she was looking two years ago to build, and they were doing the right things. Mm-hmm. They were doing the, I'm going to buy my land and I'm going to use my land as my deposit on my mortgage. Right. And I'm going to use that to leverage, right? So they did all this stuff. They paid off the land and now it's like two years later, oh my God, what are we going to do? Because they were looking at a home that was going to cost $225,000. Mm-hmm. That home today cost $280,000 to construct. Mm-hmm. Two years. They were looking at three and a half to 4% mortgage rate. On the 225. On the 225. Right. They are now at 7% on the the 280. So just the principal and interest payment on a 30-year note Mm -hmm. went from a little over $1,000 to almost $1,900. Almost 74% increase Mm -hmm. in a two-year time frame. That's just principal and interest. That's just principal and interest. Not insurance. Insurance has gone up. Right. You know, fortunately, they're not on the Gulf Coast like some of us are where the rates have just gone astronomically up. Right. Uh, Tripled, quadrupled for some people, unbelievable. It's crazy. But they're not in that boat. But there have been increases on insurance. There's been increases on taxes. So you add it all up, there's probably been an 80 plus percent increase. Eric, I would say your daughter is not unique in her experience. There are millions of her (laughs) around the country. I'm gonna read off some headlines out there right now, just doing a quick web search here. These are headlines that have just, I mean, it's pretty fresh. Here's one from an hour ago. Home affordability hit 16 year low in Q2. Example of exactly what you just said, right? Let me read these headlines, then we'll talk about them. Next headline, two hours ago, U.S. home buyer affordability further declined in May. This is 12 days ago from CNN, pretty big source there. Buying a house is the hardest it's been in nearly 30 years. 30, yeah. What gets confusing, we have another article from Yahoo News earlier today. Here are three signs the housing market may be rebounding, right? So a little bit of a different signal that they're coming up with. But most of the articles don't say that. Another one out there, Business Insider, this is from a couple of weeks ago, housing has become so unaffordable that over 75% of homes on the market are too expensive for middle-income buyers. 
That's most of the buyers, just the middle income buyers, <laughs> yeah. right? So what's going on here, right? I mean, certainly there's some people saying, well, the worst is behind us. We look at Federal Reserve's housing starts. Actually, I think their source is from somewhere else, but you can go to the Federal Reserve website. You can see this. Housing starts actually went up significantly in the last couple of months. So yeah. a lot of people are saying, oh, everything's in the past. Housing starts are up. The crash is canceled. Surely all these home builders can't be wrong. They're just building like crazy again after a big tumble. But I think, Eric, it comes back to that story with your daughter. I don't think she's alone. My concern is there's only so long that you can have housing prices at a level that people can't afford them, right? We talk about inflation happening. It is still, if we believe the CPI, (laughs) we question that, it's still twice the Federal Reserve's target. So people say, oh, it's way better. It's still double where the Federal Reserve likes it to be. So we think, well, hey, income should rise, but incomes haven't risen nearly as quickly as housing has gone up. No, I think incomes are starting to maybe stabilize the rise in in income to the inflation. That Mm -hmm. factor is kind of getting closer, but the damage has already been done on the other side, on the pricing side, and the catch-up there is certainly not matched up. Put it this way, I know that my daughter's family hasn't had an 80% increase in income right. in that two-year period of time. Right, Americans haven't even come close to that. Right? No. And so, you know, this to me, Eric says, there's still trouble out there. Yeah. Unfortunately, I hope that my Austrian economics lens is wrong. I would like to be wrong. It's a happier place to be. It won't be. (laughs) But there's all sorts of statistics that people can throw out there about, hey, it's the worst is in the past. It's getting better. Here's why. But ultimately, when we get home affordability this low, there just aren't people who can afford to pay these prices. And maybe we can get away with it for a little while, maybe a few months, maybe even a couple of years. But at some point... People have to move, they have instances they have to move and they can't. We're hearing about meltdowns right now in commercial real estate. That's not residential single family homes, but that is still gonna impact the market. And there are still a lot of investors who have invested in single family homes. Their cap rate is so low right now, they're exiting. They can make more now buying US treasuries than they can on single family home investments. So they're not doing it, they're They're exiting. So at some point to me, this seems, to be that there's going to have to be a drop in prices. Yeah. Is it an Armageddon collapse? Is it a 10% correction? If I knew, I wouldn't be sitting here right now. I'd be (laughs) investing in something, but I'm quite certain, I don't see how we can avoid a further reduction in prices. Yeah, I don't either, because it's been too dramatic of a change in a short period of time. And when you have those dramatic changes, there's some balancing out, but at some point in time, there's gotta be a correction. And the correction occurs, I mean, the decisioning that's going on in people's minds, this one headline about housing starts or back up, maybe that's the case, but what are the actual decisioning that's going on in the minds of those people who are now going out there and buying a new home or building a new home, like my daughter? Are they just saying, look, I'm just gonna bite the bullet. I'm gonna deal with it. If the interest rates come back down, I'll refinance. I can live with this, but my living with this is very different than I was two years ago. 
And so what does that mean? I'm going to constrain certain other things. So Mm -hmm. my other disposable income has just been eaten up by this. So I'm not going to go get this or that. You know, maybe that new car, we're going to sacrifice the new car for the house. And that's fine. But that's the decision that's made. So the other things that are going to reverberate, depending on the decisions that people make, are still going to have impacts on this economy. No question in my mind. I agree. There's a chart you and I have been looking at that I think really sums it up better than I've seen anywhere. This is from the Atlanta Federal Reserve. We'll link to it in the show notes, atlantafed.org. They have a center for housing and policy, and they have got a home ownership affordability monitor. And what they look at is not only home prices, because if you think about if home prices go up 20%, and incomes go up 15%, well, this is really a 5% increase right. effectively in or, more or how- Or decrease in affordability. A decrease, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So we really need to look at those things, is not only how are prices going up in nominal terms, but also right. how is our ability to afford these prices going up. Interest rates, everything that goes into that, right? What they do, they set an affordability threshold. What they're doing is they're saying, the affordability threshold is where housing prices are at 30% of people's income. So if you think about the traditional way of measuring if someone can afford a house or not, I think you had said 28% used to be used, or 30%, they're pretty close to, but effectively housing all in on the house, that's principal interest, insurance, HOA, maintenance, should be about 30% of your income. That's the baseline. So that's what they're using. And they're saying, hey, that would be the affordability threshold. That's 100 on your index, right? right? And then they've got where we are now, is we were as recently as it looks like I'm looking because it doesn't have months, it only has years. So I'm assuming this is as recently as early 2022, we were at 100. We've dropped since then down to 73.4. That's more than a 25% decrease in this index. That doesn't translate dollar to dollar in price decrease, but as a drop in the index, what is interesting to see is, and a little bit alarming, is this is about the level the index was in late 2007, early 2008. Right. And I think all of us who are, I guess, probably more than 30 <laughs> years old or so, I think remember what was going on then. Yeah. Right? Um, that was ugly. Yes, exactly. So does that mean it's going to unfold exactly the same way? We don't know. But certainly, I think signs really indicate that there's a brewing challenge here. And in fact, what's really cool is the Atlanta Fed then breaks this down. They have a drivers of affordability section, and they show us what's driving this change in affordability. And they break it down into income change, because if you make more money, you can afford more house, interest rate change, and price change. And you can read this graph and almost see the narrative of American life for the last couple of years, right? You can see during COVID when we had income increases and we had interest rates decreasing and actually prices went up a little bit, you can see the affordability change there. And ever since, I guess, early 2022, you can see enormous increases in the price of homes and followed by enormous increases in interest rates. And those combined, income went up a little bit, but yeah. home prices went way up, interest rates went up. That's how you go whammy. from 100 to 70% in a very short it, period of time. Exactly, yeah. right? So we'll link to this, but I think, Eric, to me, this is something that I think business owners need to keep in mind because I think this makes a lot of impact on your decisions as you're running your business. What strategic decisions are you going to make? If you have out there a scenario, we talk about modeling scenarios and modeling out 
the importance of different scenario modeling about what could the future hold, you should have a scenario in the future of your business which says housing prices drop 20%. I'm throwing a number out, whatever number you feel comfortable with. This is not a negligible or immaterial probability. This is a real probability. Yeah. Say, okay, if they do, what happens? Well, if I'm in the mortgage industry, this is a potentially catastrophic yeah. impact on my business, right? But whatever industry I am in, how is this going to affect me? How does it affect me now? Let's say housing prices don't drop for another year. And I'm a discretionary consumer goods business, and I know that housing is so incredibly unaffordable, like you said, your daughter's situation. What if houses don't become more affordable for another year? Yeah. That's another year where people can't buy the stakes that they want. They can't buy the Airbnb stays that they want, <laughs> right? And so people will have to cut back, yeah. right? Yeah. Especially once they run out of credit card availability. Yeah. So super important. I think our takeaway from all this era could be map out your scenarios, depending on what part of the economy you're in, based yeah. on what we want to put out there is a very real probability of this. And folks, Eric and I don't have anything vested other than our individual personal homes. We don't have anything vested in the real estate industry. We're not trying to sell you investment advice or a course. We're just trying to speak from our hearts and say what we see out here and try to maybe just turn on a light bulb, give a little bit more insight so that you, when you're running your business, that you either own or manage can make better informed decisions as we go into this crazy rest of 2023 and 2024. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right, folks, so we'll wrap here. We're going to resume our turnaround management episodes soon. Hopefully you don't have a need for that information. (laughs) But if you do, we'll be here for you. (laughs) 